Amen. Give thanks to our worship team, as always. So thankful for how they help us prepare our hearts uh, for worship. Uh, we got a lot going on today, as you could see, uh, a lot happening. We've got communion today, and, and uh, so I decided I was going to make my sermon really, really short today, although I promise it's going to be longer than Tennessee's time of possession yesterday. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. That's the last one. It's, I'm done. It's over. Okay. All right. I just needed one more in there. <laughs> so uh, today's week five of the series that we're doing called We is Greater Than Me. Uh, we've been talking about what it looks like to live lives of whole life generosity as an expression of sharing life together in Christ. That's the vision that, that we're, we're moving forward towards, so what we feel like God is calling us to do and be. So we've been learning more in the last few weeks and talking more about uh, what it means for us to be generous people, for us to be a generous church, for, for no other reason than that we want to be more like Jesus. Jesus was generous, and so I want to be generous in every part of my life, and I want us to be generous in every part of our life together as a church. We talked about how sometimes in church, uh, when, we, when you talk about generosity, we just talk about stewardship, and, and stewardship uh, is, is about money, right? But, but that, it, that it's so much more than that, that, that generosity, whole life generosity is about discipleship. And so that's why I'm so excited about uh, today's message and, and today's scripture lesson. Today we're gonna look at uh, probably the, the clearest, uh, most direct picture of what that looks like in the Bible. Today we're gonna read, I'm gonna read for you a story uh, from the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus calls the first disciples to come and follow him. And, and just keep in mind, remember, these are ordinary, everyday people, just like you and me, uh, with everyday problems, everyday responsibilities. They, they had lives. Some of them had families. They had hopes and dreams. They had fears and frustrations, uh, doubts and disappointments, just like, just like you and me. And right there in the middle of, of their day, Jesus comes to them and offers them this generous Calling. That's, that's the title of the message today, a generous calling. It's so simple, it's so powerful. And, and how they respond is an example to us, I believe, of, of the beauty and the blessing of what, uh, what it means to follow Christ and, and the blessing and the beauty of, of what it looks like to live a life of, of whole life generosity. So I, I, want, I want you to have all that in mind this morning as I read for you this passage, Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Hear this, God's word for us today. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing the nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God today. Thanks be to God. 
I hope you can get a picture in your mind of what this looks like. My friends that, that have been joining us on Wednesday nights uh, watching The Chosen, there's such a powerful picture of this, uh, a couple of episodes where you see this, uh, you see this happen, this, this transaction take place and how transformational it is for everybody involved. This is one of my favorite passages. You've heard me say I love... Uh, I, all, all the passages are my favorite passages, but this one especially because it's just such a great picture of, of how this began, this transformation. There was, for, for these people, there, were, there was life before and there was life after. There's, there's so much I could talk about with this famous passage today, but, but there's one thing specifically I want to focus on. Uh, one particular item in the story that as I was praying and preparing this week that just stood out to me more than anything. It's, it's why I've got this little setup here for you in the front because what I, what I kept focusing on, uh, what I kept going back to over and over again were the nets. I want you to think about those nets for just a minute this morning. These nets are a powerful example to us this morning of security, identity, and community. Uh, because that's exactly what they represented for these would-be disciples in our story today. I want to unpack that for a little, just a little bit this morning. Uh, for those disciples, these nets represented quite literally their source of security. Think about it for just a minute. These fishermen, uh, this was their livelihood. This was how they, they made their money. This was how uh, being fishermen was, were how they supported their families, right? And so, so that was their source of these nets represented their source of security. But they also represented, the nets represented their source of identity. The, these fishermen, being fishermen, was, was how they viewed themselves, right? It's how others viewed them as well. Being fishermen was, in a sense, who they are. If they were uh, out at a party or, or out in town or something and, and someone said, uh, you know, well, tell me a little bit about yourself, that might be one of the first things that they said, we're, we're fishermen, and that brings me to the third thing. The, the nets represented to them their source of community. Being fishermen were, was their place in society. And being with people who identified themselves as fishermen were also kind of their, their people, their community. I think that's important for us to know and understand this morning when we realize what's happening in the story today. Being fishermen and, and these nets represented their, their way of life. And, and Jesus comes to them and calls them into a new way of life. But in order for them to take hold of this new life, in order for them to take hold of this generous calling to, that Jesus had for them, they had to let go of what they were currently holding on to, what they currently identified as their source of security and identity and community. They had to let go of the past, past successes, past failures. They had to let go of the present, their present uh, discouragements or, or defenses. They had to lay down uh, their, their burdens and worries about the future. So, so these nets were a symbol in, in a sense for these disciples and for all those who would be disciples. Laying down their nets, leaving their boats behind, it's a, it's a powerful and important picture for us to acknowledge this morning uh, as we seek to be disciples of Jesus Christ, as we seek to answer this generous calling that Christ has given you and me right here in the middle of our everyday lives. And, and to do that, I think we need to understand this, this powerful truth. The, the bottom line is, God's call, whenever it comes, God's calling is always generous. 
God's singular purpose is for us to have life, abundant and eternal. One of the things that our friends at, at Generous Church say a lot, and every time they hear it, I think, you know, that'll preach. That's such an important truth. They always say, it's not what God wants from us. It's what God wants for us. We have to believe that in order to answer this, this call in our lives, this generous call that God makes. It's not what God wants for us. It's what God wants for us. God wants us to be generous, because not because God wants something from us. God wants us to be generous because God wants something for us that we desperately need, even if we didn't realize we needed it. When we respond to God's call in our lives, God generously gives us everything we need and more. Time and time again, God leads us down this path that leads to life. And, and so many times, it's the life that we never knew we always wanted. I, I don't know about you, but I can think of so many times in my life where even if it was begrudgingly, I answered that call to, to do or say or, 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 what, or follow that path that, that God had called me to. And on the other side of that decision, there was life in ways that I, I could have never imagined or, or created for myself. Just like the disciples on the side of the lake that day, they traded their old life for a new life in Christ. And what happened was, was blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Not only were their lives transformed, but the world around them was transformed through their lives and their life together in Christ. Think about it for just a minute, what, what those disciples got to experience by answering that call. See, what God has in store for us is, is so much greater than whatever it is that we have to, to lay down in order to follow him. That's, that's the, the truth that this story represents. Think about what that meant for the disciples and the life that they were to lead after that. Day after day after day, they got to literally sit at the feet and learn from the master, from the one that all the law and all the prophets pointed to, the Messiah who they'd been waiting for their whole lives. They would witness with their own eyes miracle after miracle after miracle. They would, they would hear with their own ears the very word of God speak. They would literally follow in the footsteps of the Savior of the world every day of their lives. They would be among the first to stand at the opening of the empty tomb. They would be one of the first to hear the voice of the resurrected Jesus calling them to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything, teaching them to obey everything that he said, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age, Jesus said. He called them and commissioned them to continue his work, to establish and to grow the church, to, to build his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. They were given the opportunity to live lives that would go down in history as being some of the most significant world-changing people to ever live and die with the power and purpose of the Holy Spirit in and through them. That's what they had to lay down their nets in order to do. Jesus showed up and called them to leave their nets and to join his mission to become not just fishermen, but fishers of men. 
Jesus called them to leave the safety and security of their boats in order to become a blessing to people for generations to come. But first, they had to release what was in their hands in order to take hold of what Christ was offering them. To be a vital part of God's plan to change the world. But first, that transformation had to take place in their own lives, and they did. They went from being fishermen to being fishers of men and women. They went from men capturing fish to following the man who would set men and women free. They went from men working with the net for a catch to networking for the kingdom. Think about that for just a minute. Networking for the kingdom. Thank you for laughing at that. It's funny, but it's true. We, we think about networks in a totally different way than they thought about networks back then, right? Uh, when we think of a network, we think of a connection, right? And, and that's essentially what Jesus was calling them to do, to help people find meaningful connections with God and with one another. Look at that net in front of you there and, and think about the powerful image that that provides us for, for who we are as disciples of Jesus Christ and the church. You know, the strength of the net is that interwoven pattern of connections that all are bonded together. That's why the net, I think, is such a powerful image for us as followers of Christ and as the church. See, in the same way, the church is a network of relationships that gives strength to our lives with Christ and our life together in Christ. And every time we answer the generous call of Christ, we make that network even stronger. That's why we is greater than me. That's why this is so important for us to understand as followers of Christ and as the church. I want to I wanna ask you to respond to that this morning. I want to invite you to, to think and pray about some examples in your life and in our life together of, of how we've experienced this, of how we've experienced uh, this generous calling in our lives. Uh, whether we've been the, the, the giver or the recipient within our fellowship network, I want you to answer this question uh, about when and how you've experienced generosity. We've got some little cards. Maybe you got them when you came in this morning. Um, but I'd love for you to get one. We're not gonna have to do anything with it today, but I'm gonna invite you to take one today. If you didn't get one when you came in, uh, you can get one on the way out. And I want you to just think about and pray about and reflect on these questions. When and how have you demonstrated generosity? And when and how have you received generosity? I want you to thank and pray about that this week. And then next week, at the end of the service, I'm gonna invite you to come forward and, and put, put your note on these nets up here. And it's gonna be a reminder to us of the strength of our fellowship network. And it's also gonna be a testimony to God's generosity in our lives and in our life together. So I want you to take that and, and do that this week. But, but for today, the question that I wanna leave you with is this. First of all, what are the sources of your security and identity and community right now? What, what makes you feel secure? Is it, is it financial? Is it, is it relational? Is it occupational? What, what shapes your view of who you are? Is it your passions? Is it your possessions? Is it your relationships? Is it your responsibilities? What gives you a sense of, 
of belonging? Is it people? Is it a place? Is it a purpose? Wherever you are this morning, however you answer those questions in your heart and in your mind, think about where God might be calling you to experience new life today. Maybe you need to move from from trying harder to make your old network to letting God take and make your new network even stronger. So, So as we come to the table of Holy Communion today, another beautiful image of of Christ within the context of community. I want to ask you to consider this question. What are the nets Jesus might be calling you to drop today? What is God calling you to lay down today so that your hands are free to receive God's blessing? What is God calling you to leave behind so that you can follow him? What is God inviting you to let go of so that you can take hold of this new life in Christ? I wanna begin our time with a time of prayer and as we do and as you respond today and every day to this generous calling in your life and in our life together, I want us to consider and think about those things and be willing to, to maybe leave those at the altar today in our hearts and in our minds. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give thanks to you today for your presence and provision and power in our lives and in our life together. We thank you that just as you called those disciples on the the side of the lake that day, you come to us in the middle of our everyday lives, in the middle of our work and worry, in the middle of our uh, relationships and responsibilities, and you simply say, follow me. And as we do, we experience new life in your grace. God, we thank you for that today. We thank you that that because of Jesus, because of his life and death and resurrection, we can approach your throne of grace with confidence to receive grace and mercy. God, today as we come to you, we confess our sins. We confess those places in our lives that we have not laid down and given over to you. Those those parts of our lives that we are so desperately clinging and holding on to and, and wanting to be ours, instead of releasing them to you and allowing you to take them and make them what, what you have created us to be, what you've intended for them to be. God, we confess to you those, those times and those places where we have, uh, where we know we've done what we shouldn't have done and we haven't done what we know we should have so, God, we thank you that, that in your hands those things are forgiven, that we are forgiven, that your grace is sufficient, that we don't have to carry those anymore, that you have carried our burdens and you carry our burdens. God, we love you and we thank you as we come to this table that in the name of Jesus Christ, we're forgiven. We thank you, God, that while we were still sinners, you sent Christ to die for us. And that proves your love for us so that we might walk in the newness of life, that we have been set free for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Uh, Before we take communion today, I also want to acknowledge 
uh, something else about today that, that makes this a special day. In the, in the church calendar, this is what is known as All Saints Day. It's the day where we uh, remember those who are a part of our, our family uh, of faith that have gone on to glory, that have gone on to the church eternal, that are with God today. And so I wanna acknowledge uh, those names today, but before we do that, as a, as a sign of our faith and acknowledging that, uh, I want us to do something that, that we don't normally do, but I thought it was important and significant for us to do today. I'd like for us to recite together uh, what's known as the Apostles' Creed. This is the, uh, the, uh, the we believe that the early church adopted to, to stand on together. It was a network of beliefs that strengthens one another's faith. So I pray that your strength might be faith in, your faith might be strengthened <laughs> today as we, as we say these powerful words together. And they're gonna be on the screen for us to read together. Would you join me? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I think I left out a little line in there. So those of y'all that know it, you, you have went over it with me. That was an important one too. I think it was the resurrection uh, piece, right? Uh, there was one time that I did this with the confirmation class and I left out the part that said the forgiveness of sins. And uh, one of the dads came up to me afterwards. He says, Pastor, I need you to add that part back in there. That's an important part for me. So, yeah. <laughs> so I apologize for leaving, leaving that part out today. But, um, but I think it's important for us to remember uh, that part of, of who we are and what we believe. And, and the part that I really wanted you to focus on today was that part where it said the communion of saints. Uh, All Saints Day is when we remember that, that even those that have gone on that, that are with God in heaven now, that we still have that connection, that we still uh, participate in, in communion together uh, with, the, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, the past, present, and future, those who have gone before us and those who will will come after us. There's this uh, mystery of faith as we come to the table. And so uh, before we do, and before I, I offer a prayer, I, I just want us to acknowledge uh, those that have gone on this year. And so I wanna invite you uh, to join me as I mention these names and as we just take some time in silent prayer to, uh, to remember them and to remember their families uh, as they continue to grieve this this loss uh, this year. So uh, let me read these names together as we go into a, a spirit of prayer. Jenny Brooks. Zachary Graham. 
Pete Graham. Matthew Johnson. And Debbie Butzbaugh. Gracious God, we give thanks to you for these saints who now rest from their labors here on this earth but are with you now in glory. God, we thank you that you are with them and that they are with you and that you are with us as we grieve their loss. God, we thank you that because of Jesus, as the Bible says, we grieve, but not like those without hope. We thank you for the hope that is ours in Christ, that we will be together again. And we thank you, Lord, for the reminders and the glimpses of that as we come to your table today, as we feast at, at your banquet, as we acknowledge and give thanks to you for the communion of saints. We pray for their families, Lord. We pray that you would be with them and our church family until we meet again. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. On the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread, he broke the bread, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples, and said, take and drink from this, all of you, this is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do so in remembrance of me. God, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and cup, that you would make them be for us the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ and one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now I invite you to take your uh, communion kits, take the, the, op the top layer, take the piece of bread, and as you take it, Hear these words, the body of Christ broken for you. And as you open the second layer and drink the juice, hear these words, the blood of Christ shed for you. Thanks be to God. As we continue in an attitude of prayer, I want to invite you to stand and let's worship together as we sing our closing song. If you, uh, as always, these altars are open if you'd like to come forward and pray.
you'd like somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. If you just want to pray by yourself, that's totally fine. If you just want to pray in your seats, that's totally fine. However you feel like God is leading you this morning, if you'll just take these last few minutes to respond to what God is saying to your heart today. Let's continue to worship.